Olive Branch podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anwar Mahajni. In this podcast, I interview activists with ties to Israel and Palestine who identify as peace activists and are working on ending Israeli occupation of the Palestinian territories. Today, I interview Idan Ring Bittman, co-director of the Shared Society Department at Sikui and media lecturer at Ben Gurion University. Aidan, thank you very much for agreeing to be interviewed uh, for this podcast and sharing your story with us. I was wondering if we could just start out to talk about Sikui. What is this organization? What kind of work do you do with the organization? And why did you decide to work for the organization? Thanks you. Thank you very much for having me, Anwar. It's a great pleasure to, to be a guest on, I guess, the first season of this <laughs> podcast, which I, I'm sure will be fabulous. I'm very happy to find out about it. My, my first time on a U.S. podcast. <laughs> and, and it's a great opportunity for me to, to speak about Sikui and about our work as an organization, my work here in Israel on, on, on equality and partnership. Sikui is a, is a, is a shared Jewish-Arab uh, NGO, it's an, uh, a civil society organization, completely, completely independent. We do not receive any kind of funding, government funding or official funding. It's all uh, donor-based funding. And our two main uh, goals, principal goals, are are, uh, promoting equality between Jewish and Arab citizens of Israel. We work only on on, on the civic scope, only inside the borders of Israel's uh, uh, citizens. And and on the other hand, uh, also partnership between Jews and Arabs, which may sound a bit similar, but actually these are two very different issues. The, the first has to do with uh, socioeconomical uh, gaps and differences, uh, allocations of, of funds and, and, and in, in fields like uh, the job market or housing or, or uh, uh, local municipality uh, budgets and then uh, things like um, public transfer, transportation and, and infrastructure, and, and we work on, on creating or promoting uh, equality because the situation in Israel is that Arab citizens, the Arabs, uh, Arab minority, which is a very major and important minority here in Israel, it's 20%, and it's also a, a native uh, minority. It's, it's a native group that was born in uh, they do not receive funding and, and allocations and rights like they should uh, receive according to their uh, uh, size in the population. And on the other hand, we promote also partnership, which means how do Jews and Arabs, how can they live together? What do they think about each other? Okay, what are their views? Okay, and, and what are their non-material assets, non-tangible assets? And, and, and uh, rights that, that the Arab minority group uh, receives, okay? Things like uh, media representation, like uh, presence of their language, their identity in, in, the, in the public sphere, and like uh, uh, what do uh, children going to the education system uh, learn about the Arabic, the Arab society or Arabic uh, identity and language and so on, and so on, things that do not have to do with physical assets, okay, um, uh, or material assets, but ha- has to do with like a softer, more uh, things that are related to representation and, and, and to uh, 
diversity, you could say, or uh, inclusion into inclusion, inclusion, inclusion of of Arab minority inside uh, Israeli society, which is very very important in these days because although uh, Arabs are are twenty percent of the population. Uh, we largely live and, 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 and study and uh, even work separately. There, there's a lot of, still, there's a lot of segregation uh, because of also because of such a, a economical gaps and because of cultural differences, because of political differences, because of many historical uh, facts and phenomena and, and processes. Um, whoever comes to Israel uh, may be surprised to see that most of the Arab public which, like I said again, one of every five Israeli citizens is Arab. And they mostly live in separate uh, cities of their own, or villages, or maybe even we have a few, like maybe five or six shared uh, uh, cities, mixed cities. But still, you could see that mostly they are uh, separated, like in different neighborhoods, maybe, or areas. And, 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 and if you go and look at the situation and, and the way Jewish cities look and Arab cities look, it's very different. There's a lot of gaps. And, and another thing which is very important and is more complicated even is that uh, Jewish and Arab children go to different separate education systems. Okay, And, and this is something, it's not like with work, workforce, you know, with, with the job market or with... Uh, uh, universities or with even with housing that you could say ah they should all receive the same and they should all live together and there's no you know to an American if you talk about segregation it sounds like racism okay but when we talk about an education system and sometimes segregate segregation is uh, almost natural Some, sometimes segregation is something that people actually want you know Muslim religious communities, they want their kids to have Arab language, uh, Muslim education, okay? Also sometimes Jewish communities, secular or non-secular, we have different currents of education. Also religious Jewish kids do not go to school with secular Jewish kids. We have like, we could say today, today we have four different currents of education systems. And in Israel, okay, Arab and the Jewish secular and Jewish religious and Jewish ultra orthodox. So the reality is that Arab and Jewish kids do not grow up together. And and sometimes I don't know what was your uh, experience as a child in Um Al Fahim, but but many kids in Arab uh, villages and cities sometimes until the age of fifteen or sixteen they don't really meet. Jewish citizens and, and vice versa. Okay, also also um, uh, Jewish kids that live in very Jewish cities. Okay, like in the center, you know, like I live in Herzliya, which is in the center. It's like 20 minutes from Tel Aviv, north of Tel Aviv. Although only half an hour from my house, you could visit Southern Triangle, the Tira and Taibe. But most Israeli Jewish kids from Herzliya or Anana or Tel Aviv, they don't go there. Mm -hmm. So they don't really get to meet uh, Arab kids. They may get to meet Arab like workers, like shop shopkeepers, or or maybe bus drivers, or or stuff like that. But most most of the Arab people they see or 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 or, the, or their thoughts and what they know, okay, their knowledge of Arab society comes through 
the media or maybe education system okay so it's mediated okay the, the knowledge and, and facts and um, positions regarding the other group okay Arabs regarding Jews and Jews regarding Arabs is mediated through the media or, or, or the education system or, or, or social media today or maybe this the, the public sphere okay maybe uh, you know ads or maybe what they see about the places they see or they don't see Arab language okay sometimes not seeing an identity not seeing uh, a, a minority language can still affect your mindset okay if, if I do not see Arab language only you know in places where they say don't do this or or beware of danger or things like that then I'm, I'm used to thinking that Arab language is something that is very you know not not central not not uh, popular or or something like that so so and, and 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 what happens is that these these public affairs and discourses the media education system and, and so on they really distort the view, okay? We, we receive a very distorted view, an unreal, uh, an unrepresentational view of what the Arab minority is in Israel, okay? A lot of Jewish people, if you ask them, what is the size of, of, of or percentage of Arab society inside Israel, they will tell you very small numbers because that's the, that's the picture they get, okay? If, if you ask them, what kind of jobs do they have? Okay, what are their views? What is what is their culture? It's like when you meet people around the world. I'm sure you had the same experience. If you come from the Middle East, okay, doesn't mean I think it doesn't matter if you're from Israel or from Jordan or from Lebanon, and you you know you travel around the world and you meet like these Europeans or North Americans. They think that in Israel and the Middle East we go with camels and you know and we sleep in tents. Okay. So we have this internal distorted uh, view, I think, also inside Israeli society. If you talk to Jewish, and, and if you go, like, the more they are undereducated, you know, the more extreme their views they, they will be, okay? Because if you go to religious groups or ultra-Orthodox groups, they are very, very, very segregated from the Arab society, and very, very alienated. So their views are very extreme, you know, they think that Arab society is primitive, they think it's very small, it's very hostile, it, 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 it's very uneducated and so on and so on. But reality is very different. And so, so what we do in Sikui, okay, after I, uh, a, long, a long explanation, we try to change this. We try, we, Sikui is a, it's an organization that is built up by Jewish and Arab co-workers okay and also co-director mm -hmm. we try to take decisions and 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 and, and pick strategies and and really uh, uh, lead and direct the, the organization together okay it's not like a jewish organization that has a few arab workers that are in charge of some relevant uh areas okay we have today i think uh, we actually have a, a larger number of arab workers and the jewish workers but it's a very symmetric organization. We have two uh, 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 executive directors, one Arab and one Jew. We have uh, in both uh, uh, departments, we have, like I, like I said, one dealing with equality, okay, and, uh, and equality policy, in one dealing with shared society. 
So we have two co-directors for each department. And this is something that is not uh, like a bureaucratic thing or, or like a principle or something. It's something very important for us uh, that has a real uh, substance, substance. It has real impact. It has real impact on our decision-making, on our strategy, on the way we see things, because we are in ongoing negotiation, mm -hmm. internal negotiation between the Jewish and Arab views and cultures and, 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 and the way we think about things. It's not like we take uh, decisions based on only one-sided visions and, and we try to adapt it to the other side, okay? When we take decisions, when we uh, decide about how a project would look or, or, or when we publish a, a, a research or when we send a letter to, to some public policy director, we, 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 we have this process that takes in mind both of, 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 of the views and both of the, both of the communities that try to work together. Uh, one of the directors that used to work for, used to lead Sikui, he said, it's like um, a, a lab. You, you know, Sikui is like a lab that is all the time trying to negotiate these, these um, unagreements, okay, you could say. Okay, we, we, we can't agree with each other all the time. Okay, most of the time, not most of the time, but a lot, many times we, we don't see things the, the same way because we come from different societies and different pasts and different, you know, and, and uh, we're, we're in an ongoing process to find ways to agree with each other and form like one shared view. Mm -hmm. Um, so I noticed that you're uh, using just, I, I always sometimes like to define terminology and address terminology because I think it's important to clarify certain terms. So you do refer to the partnership as between Arabs and Jews inside of Israel. And I was wondering what you think of like kind of the label Arabs uh, and Palestinian citizens of Israel and how does that come, I, like does it show in your work as well using the different terms or do you use them strategically? How does it work? Well, usually we do use the term Palestinian, Palestinian Arab identity and, and nationality. Okay, uh, I think we, you know, Israel is a very complex place when it comes to identities mm -hmm. and nationalities. Uh, we all have Israeli nationality, okay, mm -hmm. and citizenship, uh, but. Arab society, Arab, Arab. Uh, it's it's actually Arab language. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, 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 residents and citizens, they have their Palestinian identity and nationality, of course. Okay, mm -hmm. I can tell you. I think all my Arab colleagues I I I, I worked with and met here in in our organization, Sikui, always uh, visioned themselves and thought of themselves as Palestinians. Mm -hmm. I know that some of the uh, Arab Israelis uh, sometimes, uh, Arab citizens of Israel sometimes do not see, see it that way. But from my point of view and, and uh, experience, this is the, 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 the majority of, of Arab citizens do view themselves as Palestinian citizens. And we usually use this terminology. We, we say Arab Palestinian. But yeah, you know, sometimes also it's a matter of, uh, you know, being. Uh, concise or you know it's it's complicated uh, to say all the time Arab Palestinian and, and also me myself I have also complicated I think identities you know I don't have this 
very severe conflict because being an Arab Palestinian with an Israeli identity, it has a dissonance, it has, it has an internal conflict. It's very hard. I don't need to extend it to you, okay? But, and, and when you have your Israeli identity and your Jewish identity, Jewish and Israeli identities usually do not collide, okay? Mm -hmm. When you live in Israel, okay? But, they, but they're not the same. I do not view Israeli and Jewish identity as, as identical uh, uh, things. And, and, and sometimes I feel more Israeli than Jewish, and sometimes I feel more Jewish than Israeli. I, I also have, uh, I think, uh, uh, a Middle Eastern uh, uh, identity. Okay, I, I identify very much with, with my, my Arab-Palestinian colleagues. You know, my, one of my dearest friends, he, in Sikuri, I'm Judge Beta, which is from uh, 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 Tira, mm -hmm. and I was I, I was born in raised in Ranana, which is like maybe 15 kilometers from from Tira, and we, we were both really born and raised in the same landscape, you know, and in, in the same uh, orange trees, and 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 we went to the same beaches, and so this is another kind of identity which isn't really exactly Israeli. Okay, so so identities are you know it's a multiple identity uh, a game and and we we use the, the term Palestinian of course all the time. Not everybody agrees with it, of course, especially you know Jewish Israelis that try to say no. You should uh, decide are you are you Palestinian or are you Israeli? But 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 the reality is that yeah, there's a very large percentage of Israeli citizens or citizens of Israel that identify also as Palestinian because you know Palestinian is not only a, a nation also it's, it's a, a, not, not only nationality it's also culture and yeah. identity heritage. And I, think, I think that's an important point first of all not all Palestinians in Israel or Arabs in Israel do identify as Palestinians I know people who would say I'm Arab I'm Israeli and they would say yeah. clearly. Now, I know that uh, after the recent events that happened, you know, what they call the communal violence, some people are questioning that label, right? They're, they woke up and they're like, oh, wait, <laughs> maybe I'm not, right? But I do also think- Maybe I'm not Israeli or maybe I'm not Palestinian. Maybe I'm not fully Israeli and will never be fully Israeli, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, many people can say, I'm an Israeli citizen, but I'm not Israeli. That's true. Yeah. Like they will say, I'm, I'm a citizen of Israel. It's like, a, a, like, it's something bureaucratic. It's not something that really has to do with um, my identity, my national uh, uh, identity. And I can also understand that, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I must tell you, and it has to do with, the, I think it has to do with, with one of the deeper reasons that I, I, I work in this field and I work for, social change and, 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 and civil rights. I come from a family of, of immigrants and refugees. Okay, my, my father uh, and mother were not born in Israel. They, they came to, to Israel in the early 70s from Uruguay in South America. And, and their parents did not, were not born in Uruguay. They, they were born in Poland and in Russia. And most of them fled Europe before uh, Second World War because uh, of, 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 of the Nazis and, and, and even some parts of my family, uh, uh, my, my uh, uh, mother's grandfather was born in Argentina and her grandmother fled uh, Poland. So, so 
I can I can really understand uh, what it means to be a minority and what what it means to be uh, somebody that that uh, cannot fully identify with with the country he lives in. Mm-hmm. Okay, although it's not the same because Palestinians are not refugees and are not uh, immigrants. They're they're na- they're a native minority. Okay, that's that's what many Israelis do not understand. Israeli Jews. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they do. They, sometimes when we talk about language rights, they say when when we fight for for advancing, you know, Arabic uh, presence and Arabic equal rights, Arabic language equal rights, they say. You know, they, they speak Hebrew, they should learn Hebrew. Like, you know, we have a, more than a million Russian uh, immigrant Jews in Israel. We have almost a million French-born uh, 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 Jews. And we have many uh, Ethiopians and so on. So people say, you know, like the Ethiopians, the, the Russians and the French, they, the Arabs also should speak Hebrew. But it's not the same because you have these groups which are immigrant groups they come here to assimilate in, in, in Israeli society and in, 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 in the Jewish nationality. The Arab minority is a, is a native minority. It's very different. You can't force it also to change their, to, to give up on their language and their right and their identity because they did not, they did not <laughs> wish to assimilate. You know, it's, yeah, it's very different. Another point to discuss is you live in the Middle East, right? You're surrounded by Arab countries and your Arabic vocabulary should go beyond Waqif or uh, yeah, of course. I'm going to shoot you or show me your ID, right? If yeah, you yeah. Really, how can you ask for, you know, a lot of people are aspiring for more normalization agreements for peace agreements with other Arab countries. If you can't really relate to the Arab communities that live with you, work with you, right? Share the same beaches, share the same, uh, sometimes a lot of workplaces. I mean, my dad has a fascinating story with uh, how he kind of encountered the Jewish community. And honestly, so when he was 13 years old, he was working with his dad as a landscaper in Tel Aviv. And this guy with a kippah sees my dad and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna help you. Like I have a company, I wanna teach you the business. And my dad is still in touch with this guy. His whole thing right. was built on that interaction. And this guy called me when I went back home and he was like, his religious, right? As I said, keep up, like they're, they're conservative. He calls me and he's like, we're so proud of you being in the US and I hope you help us work like to create this shared society and community. You know, with all what happened, there was that like still kind of relatability in the stories that I, I always like to hold on to whenever you know, you encounter <laughs> racist narrative or you encounter hatred because it just reminds me that it's not always like this or can't, it doesn't have to be like this all the time. It, and I think- but that, I, Yeah, I, but I think the problem is that when you have these complex relations between, between a majority and a minority group, it's really, you always hear, you know, on the conflict, you know, through media and, and uh, it, it, and it's very, you know, it's very, you can also really see it in social media in the last decade. Hatred and negative feelings, negative attitudes, they resonate, re- resonate much harder and, and stronger than the positive ones, you know. It's, it's, it's easier to hear, to hear about the terrorists or, 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 or the Shabbat uh, uh, throwing rocks or, 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 or the ultra-Orthodox racist, racist guys or, you know, it's easier to hear 
the, the, the more negative stories and, and incidents and not about like many stories like you, you, you told about your dad because there are many, many stories like that. Mm -hmm. Many stories. We are all actually, you know, and it's getting, in this point of view, it's getting better because we're, we're, we're neighbors, you know, we live, we live next to each other and um, we are, it's easier today to communicate and, and to commute and, 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 you know, it's not like, we used to live very separately, mm -hmm. you know, places were far away, communication was hard, you know, today, everything's very easy to, to reach out, you know, and also, you see these very new, big new shopping malls outside Arab cities. Mm -hmm. Huge people come there, come there to, to shop. And also, if you go to the big parks, because unfortunately, there's a, a still a, a lot of uh, uh, problems with, with, with you know, uh, recreation and sports and, and, and parks in, in Arab uh, cities and villages. And so many Arab families, they come to the Jewish uh, uh, cities. They come to their parks. And you could really see a lot of places uh, with a very positive shared uh, uh, public sphere and, and, and places that you, you can see Jewish and, and Arab uh, families hanging out together and sometimes also connecting. Not enough, but... Which is great really, at the individual yeah. levels, but I always remind myself that the structures that are in place are promoting, you know, the, the, the well-being and prosperity of one group over the other in a lot yeah. of cases. And you mentioned kind of uh, city planning, uh, inequality that exists. When my husband came to visit, he he's American, you know, he doesn't really know much about the differences. He walks into Umar Fahim, he's like, I don't understand, there's a lot of trash here. And you go to yeah. Georgia, the roads are wider. And I told my dad, like I translated to my dad what uh, he said, and he was like, of course it is, because we don't have like taxi, we don't have enough money to do like all Yeah, that. it's, you know, and we do a lot of research on these, on these issues in Siku, it's even more complicated. The thing is that this country, and with all, it, all its systems and infrastructure, were built to promote and to establish Jewish cities. Mm -hmm. And that they, they, are, they are suited and planned to uh, take care of these, you know, very new planned urban landscapes of, of Jewish cities mostly, okay? And, and it has a lot to do not only with, with, with the budgets, not only with budgets and not only, only with like local bureaucracy, it has to do with, with the way uh, 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 land is... is uh, uh, Allocated. Um, allocated exactly and, and who is the owner you know and what kind of planning uh, the establishment can do and can't and for many many years I think in the last five years we have we, we can see a real change and this is because Israel as, as a state as a system understood that when 20% of, of, of uh, uh, the population is Arab minority you cannot uh, uh, leave them out and under, un, you know, underdevelop them without the whole system being underdeveloped. So, so if you, and it also has to do with the OECD organization and with 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 the Ministry of, of Finance and everything. Uh, they understood that if Israel Israel wants to develop as a nation, it wants to develop as, as an economy, it has to develop also and it, it stop discrimination of Arab. Uh, not only Arab citizens, but also Arab society as a whole. Mm -hmm. Arab 
cities as a whole and, and Arab education, we're not uh, actually, this is something that has not been taken care of yet. But you can see that there's much more budgets going into Arab infrastructure because what Israeli government really wants to, or, or the Israeli establishment, you could say, they really want the Arab citizens to go to work, okay? And, and, and they really want to change unemployment rates. Uh, to reverse unemployment rates in, in the Arab society. So the, the first thing they're trying to do is make people go to university and, 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 and promote more infrastructure and more uh, public transportation and more kindergartens and stuff like that that can make really Arab uh, citizens uh, uh, more educated and, and get more jobs. Because okay? if they get more jobs, they have more money and they have more money, they can pay more taxes and they can you know, they, they can buy buy more things, okay? They can be more, con better consumers, okay? And better taxpayers. So the, con the, 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 the state, you know, has a lot to gain from that. Mm -hmm. So to invest in other things that are not only material, okay? We need to invest in representation, in relations between the groups, uh, in education, in welfare, things that may not turn Arab citizens to better consumers or, or workers, but they can really, really uh, promote a better future for this country. Mm -hmm. So I um, actually also have a question about you. <laughs> so all this work that you're doing uh, focused on the Arab-Palestinian community inside of Israel. How did you get to that point to kind of be interested in doing that work and being passionate about it and advocate for it? Um, you know, it's kind of not taken for granted that someone from, as you said, a Jewish a Jewish city where you don't really interact with a lot of Arabs or at least like in certain contexts. Yeah. So how did you come to do this work? And how do you think this work could help us achieve a more peaceful environment, not only in Israel, but also like our neighbors as well? Neighbors outside of Israel? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Well, first of all, um, I, I've, all, I've always been interested in, in politics, in, in social change. Like, like I told you, I, I come from quite a political uh, background or home, you could say. And my, 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 both of my parents, you know, they come from different culture and, and also from, from Latin American backgrounds and, and culture. And I was always very interested in minority groups, I think, and in minority struggles. My, 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 my BA, my first degree is in uh, general history. And, and, and I learned a lot about also social movements and, and struggles. And, and um, growing up here in Israel, like I told you, I, I grew up in, in a very segregated area, okay? The, the only Arab um, people I, I, I saw as a kid were, were the ones, uh, working in buildings, you know, in construction sites, or the ones that uh, in, in the grocery shop that were lifting, the, you know, the, uh, the vegetables, you know, bringing vegetables to, 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 to the shop. And um, I think I was always uh, curious about other cultures and about other identities inside our, our country. And when I went to university and when I traveled around the world, also, I, I, after I went to the army, I, like many Israeli Jews, I went for a long trip, like a backpacker trip, 
throughout uh, South America. And um, I understood, you know, the, the potential and the importance of, of different cultures, different cultures and of, of civil, civil rights and minority groups. You know, I saw it in Mexico and I saw it in Brazil. And, 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 and I started to think, what about our country? Our, what kind of country do we want to be? You know, or do we want to be this white... Uh, in, in Hebrew, you have, you have this saying that one general politician said once, uh, villa in the jungle, you know, the, do we want to be the, 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 the villa? In the, the, is this the way we see our reality? It's like this secluded villa in, 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 in the middle of, uh, of uh, primitive uh, jungle, or, or maybe we, we want to open up and, and, and see uh, what can connect us with our neighbors and what can connect us with people that grew up in the same place. And, and, and love the same country as we do. And when I started to understand the political reality and, and, and to identify you know, with, with a, a minority's right to self-identification, uh, and I understood you know, there's no possible future, good future, especially when I became a parent. You know, I have two kids. I cannot imagine Israel being a normal, fruitful, you know, uh, successful country with an ongoing conflict. I started to meet, you know, local Palestinian, Arab uh, 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 residents, citizens. Uh, I, I worked as, an, as a journalist in Haaretz newspaper, and then I was a spokesman and a media consultant for many and human rights groups and NGOs, I started to, you know, to, to travel around Israel, to understand reality, to meet people, not only hear about them or read about them in the, in the newspaper. And I understood, you know, the Arab, Arab, my Arab partners working with me in Sikui, we have the same views, we have the same ideals, we have the same culture, we have the same dreams, you know. I don't care that, I'm Jewish and they're Muslim, you know. We have the same vision of how our kids should grow up and, and, and what kind of uh, uh, ideals they, they should grow up believing, okay? Ideals of, of freedom, of equality, of democracy. And when I learned about, you know, Martin Luther King and Mandela and, and Valenza and also a few Latin American socialists that not everybody sees as heroes, but they have their very important legacies. Uh, I, I understood that we should, you know, you should uh, choose uh, what what role you take in history. You know, we live in a we live uh, in a certain very interesting, you could say, time in in, in the history of, of this area, and, and you should choose what side you're on. You know? Are you on the side that thinks that a conflict is reality and there's nothing to do? Or you're in, on a side that thinks that we can stop this conflict. We can make Jews and Arabs live together because we have a lot in common. And uh, when I got to know Sikui, at first I was like a media consultant for Sikui. And this, this was my first acquaintance with, with the organization. And I was like an outsource spokesman and, and media strategist for many organizations and, and NGOs and, and foundations. And, um, after working a few years, like as a freelance, and they offered me to, to 
come and, and uh, join the organization. I, actually, it was six months, six years exactly today. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so, so yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I didn't get any present. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, um, and, and and when I joined Sequoia, I, I really felt, you know, in the right place, because you know, because you go you go home and you go to sleep, feeling that you're doing something good for the future of the, of this place and for the future of 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 your kids. And and I, and another thing which is very important to know about Sequoia, and I really believe in it, Sequoia it's not only about uh, uh, politics of protest or part, politics of dissent. It's also about, or it's mainly about politics of change. You know, we're we're looking about how to change things, not only protest them, mm -hmm. and 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 really to find the ways to make people change. Not not only people. We're not talking about you know, like the crowd or or or, or the the whole public. Okay, it's important for for us that the public knows what we do and, and is convinced. But it's more important for us that organizations like public organizations and leaders and decision makers and people in the right places to, to knock on their doors and make them change the way that they, they navigate these systems you know so um, yeah um and then for our listeners was there like a, i know you mentioned a few leaders martin luther king and um, other leaders um do you have like a certain book or a documentary or you know, any kind of influences that really, you know, you should, you would recommend for our listeners to go and check out? Well, I think there are many. I also actually, uh, while, you know, in the years I, I, I worked for many organizations and then for Sukui and, and really uh, my, my background is media and communications background. And, and so I also started to teach uh, media and social change in uh, Ben Gurion University. So I have a lot of background with many, many, many international, you know, various like uh, uh, social movements and struggles that really change reality. And I really identify with with these with, with these examples that you know they well, maybe they're not the most sexy or, or, or political or, you know, or, or, or guerrilla organizations, they don't go into the woods and, and, and plan these revolutions. Maybe they're not big revolutionaries, but they, they, they make a big, big change. Okay? And, and if I look at, at the LG TV, right? Mm -hmm. You say in English? Uh, movements around the world and the activists and also uh, feminists and, and women activists, okay? I think, and, 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 and if you see the changes they have been doing and also, also the, 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 the African-American civil, uh, civil rights movements in the US, if you see how they work, mm -hmm. if you see the goals, you know, they, they choose, and 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 and, the, and how they are working it's like it's like a marathon you know it's not something that you 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 go in in one week or a month or a year and you, you you do a revolution you know it's a, it's a very very long specific uh, uh, process of promoting change step after step after step in all the tools you you have and you can think of and um I really take a lot of uh, 
uh, inspiration from from the feminist movement and 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 from uh, the civil rights movement in in the U.S. and also really in, I saw many very interesting movies about uh, the the gay rights uh, the gay communities the uh, movements and struggles also here in Israel but you know around the world and and it really makes you uh, it really inspires you because you understand that at a certain point reality looked there was no way to change reality you know it looks like this is how it is and and this is the way people are treated and and, and white is better than black and male is better than female and so on and so on and, but people you know they had this vision that it could be different okay because today in Israel people will tell you there's no way to to solve the conflict mm -hmm. they will tell you you know Jews and Arabs hate each other and there's no way Arabs will ex accept Jews and there's no way Jews will be willing to to give uh, full uh, uh, equal rights to, to Arabs and so on you know there are many people that can explain why change is impossible uh, but you know you in other places also people felt like that and and that's why I think you could you could really sh you should really hang on to your inspiration and dream and, and goals and, and step by step uh, uh, walk towards change. And what kind of challenges did it did you face doing this work? Um, you know, I know that your family comes from a political background, but how about friends? How about the society in general? Yeah, yeah, it's not, look, I'm not from like this center Tel Aviv, what you call bubble, okay? I, I live outside of Tel Aviv and it's not something that is very popular. In, in my surroundings or in my uh, neighborhood, you know, it's not something that is easy for my kids. It's not like kids that go to school and say, yes, my father is a doctor, my father is a lawyer, my father is a programmer. I don't know, my father has a shop. My, uh, no, it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, for the kids to say, yeah, my, uh, my dad, he, he promotes equality, you know, he works with it. Because when they go to school, and something political is going on. Like in last May, we had these, these riots, and and we had, you know, uh, again, you know, escalation and, and war around Gaza. Kids, they go to school and they hear that Arabs are terrorists, you know, and they hear that it's impossible and they want to kill us. And and my kids, they know that their father, that's what he does, you know. He he works with with Arab partners, you know, and I think. Today they're like more grown up, so, so they have already their own understanding, you know, that reality is different than what they hear or what they see on social media. Uh, but it's not always, it's not always easy. And uh, uh, it's not always, it's not like being in the mainstream. And also, I think, I'm, I'm sure it's like this in, in the US and many other places, economically, it's also very hard. You know, if I would, I worked in Haaretz like 15 years ago, or maybe less, I don't know. And I, if I would, 15 years ago, if I would leave and go like find this high-tech job or, or, or open my own PR office or, or, or publicity, I would be, you know, much uh, com more comfortable today. You know? And, and I, I could uh, go, uh, you know, live in, you know, travel around the world a month every, every year. And it's not a very um, comfortable job, you know, when you talk about salary and so on. But I think it gives you a lot of satisfaction. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, it's about passion, right? 
and it's uh, about passion yeah i think that's the right word it's about it's about being passionate mm -hmm. about what you do and and i was never somebody that could work nine to five okay mm -hmm. when i was a journalist and when i was a, a publicist or a spokesman i i could never work nine to five you know i have to be passionate about what what i do about what i work and mm -hmm. And, and in in, in Sikui specifically, in that five years, I have this project that is aimed at at promoting media representation, equal media representation for an Arab society and Arab public. And I really, you know, promote this. And and this is like a twenty-four hour job. Mm -hmm. You know, each opportunity you have, everything that happens, you should be all the time on watch. You know, it's it's not something you could do like seven eight hours a day and then go to sleep. Okay, because if you miss out on something that happened on the news or in the weekend, or then you know this is uh, this is an op opportunity that you wasted. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're an activist and, and when you when you try to promote change, this is another thing you know that is not easy. The, the, the downside of this passionate kind of work is that you can ne never really you can never really rest. You know, you take work with you everywhere. So. Well, talking about this, what kind of advice can you give? Let's say if you met your old self, like young self, not old self, if you met your younger self, uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Um, go, work, go work for a social media company. <laughs> buy, buy Facebook, buy Facebook uh, uh, options. Option, yeah. Well, it's a, good, it's a good question. Yeah, so let's say your kids now, they're young, they're looking at their dad, maybe they're interested in following the same path. And you know- Well, there's something, there's something I, I would say and do for sure, okay? Because now it's much harder to go, go study Arabic. Mm -hmm. okay, the, the, I, I learned Arabic in school for like four years because like, in, I, I, I went to a school in the center in Ranana, in the center of Israel, that would, you, you, you know, you should, uh, you have to learn another language mm -hmm. and you get to choose between Arabic and French, okay? And my, my, uh, my mother's brother, he lives in France. So my mom really wanted me to learn French because in the air, you could talk to his kids and it's French is a good language. And when already when I was 12 or 13, I told her, no, 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 I want to learn Arabic. Here in Israel, Arabic, it's, it's incredible because we still do not study or, or learn Arabic, you know, like at a decent level today. Mm -hmm. 25 years ago, it was already so, so natural to think that young people should learn Arabic. So, and I, I chose Arabic, although my, my mother really wanted me to learn French. And, and I went, you know, in my school, in my middle school, we learned, I don't know, two hours a week, I don't know, something like that. Arabic for, for three years and another another year in high school. And I, I finished high school. I was a very good student. I finished high school with zero knowledge of Arabic. Mm -hmm. Zero. Because they teach you only like to read text. It's like, you know, it's it's a literary Arabic. And so if if you if you want if you really need to learn and understand your, your, your partner's language, your partner's identity. Don't think you know about him, you know. And, and also, I think that in Israel and maybe, maybe in other places, many 
young people, they really want to go overseas and they want to, you know, discover other places. But I think first you should, you should really discover and understand your own society, your own neighbors, your own minority groups. And, and I wish I, I would have studied Arabic really at a younger age. I, I'm sure it would be much easier. I would have more time and patience and, and, and you know, and resources to do that. So, uh, and then also I think, um, I, I think education is also very, very important thing. Education, like formal education, you know, going to university and studying, and, but also non-formal education. You know, I think, I think going to protests and organizing and studying like from, from other people, reading books, you know, like you said, like, I didn't read enough books as a kid, I think. Like all these biographies and these stories about, you know, these heroes, I think it's also very, very important. <laughs> I think those are the main things. Yeah. Go after your heart. <laughs> Go after your heart. Even if it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, it sounds like a Disney movie. <laughs> um, thank you very much for agreeing again to be interviewed, for sharing your story and uh, for your advice. I wanna also thank, uh, you know, I wanna give you a minute or two if you wanna say one final thing before we wrap up. I really want to thank you. I'm very, I was very happy to, to speak to you and thank you for having me. Um, uh, I met you through Twitter, you know, <laughs> and I think it really, you know, we, we, we grew up in the same, uh, in the same country, but we we met only through Twitter. Where, where when uh, you you already live and, and work and and, and teaching in the in the U.S. and I think uh, it's very interesting to see. And I wish more young, talented uh, Arab uh, uh, women like you would, would write in, in Twitter in English and Hebrew. And I would that, I think that would be really great. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your uh, podcast and the other episodes. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you back here in Israel. Absolutely. We have to make that happen next time. Uh, thank yeah. you again. Thank you for so our good luck. Thank you. Thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Uh, and I'll see you on a new episode in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>